WABC. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano, 77 WABC. Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. Uh, well, for about the last year or so, we've been trying to give you some of the history, along with any breakthroughs in the investigation of the Gilgo Beach murders. Now, these murders uh, have captivated the attention of international audiences. There have been books written about it. There have been podcasts written about it. There have been radio shows upon radio shows done about it. Uh, there have been uh, specials on Netflix. I don't think there's a person alive that has done more to further the understanding of this case and uh, really work hard towards finding the identity of the killer or killers of the Gilgo Beach murders, who is the Long Island serial killer? That is a question that uh, Frank McKay, a nationally syndicated radio talk show host and longtime uh, chair of the New York Independence Party, has been asking. Kind enough to join us this morning. Frank, good morning. Thanks so much for joining me. Well, Frank, thanks for having me. Last time we spoke, by the way, you uh, you were had just left Ukraine. I guess you made it out of Eastern Europe okay. Yeah, no, they didn't get me. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I spent five days uh, in the Ukraine and 15 days total around the area. And, uh, you know, listen, a heartbreaking situation there and kind of took me away from Lisk a little bit. But over the last couple of weeks, uh, we've uh, we've we've gotten a lot of information. Sure. And in the meanwhile, the um, the, the crew here, uh, the new D.A., the new police commissioner, the FBI, the uh, now the sheriff's office is involved, U.S. attorneys. Uh, they've been meeting on a weekly basis, and they're, they're putting serious work, I believe, uh, into into solving Lisk, the Long Island serial killers. And uh, I I believe they're they're actually getting somewhere. Wow. All right. So let's talk about what happened last week. Uh, last week, authorities in Suffolk County released some new video evidence from these Gilgo Beach murders showing the uh, last known surveillance of Megan Waterman, who was one of the victims. Additionally, uh, Suffolk County police also announced that it was doubling uh, the Crime Stoppers reward to $50,000 for information that leads to an arrest and a conviction in this case. So it sounds like you're pretty optimistic at this point, Frank. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not so sure it's because of of that particular video. Uh, the video, uh, I, I think, could use a little more explaining. There's a gentleman that the like the blogosphere has uh, has picked up on. And I say gentleman, um, it, you know, guy in the pink shirt and trying to find the identity of him. If anyone has seen the the video, uh, you could see, a, you know, a well built uh, man came in. It seems like he. Uh, he approached uh, Hakeem uh, Hakeem Cruz, the the pimp and the boyfriend of Megan Waterman, and it almost seemed like he went in uh, to to get money from the ATM, which he eventually headed towards, and and possibly paid Cruz. So it's a little confusing why uh, why this man wasn't focused on a little more. So I I've asked, 
investigators uh, if they could if they could possibly uh, you know get us a little more footage on that man. I do know that there's a there's a camera in front of this place from what I hear, and I'm just hearing this from the last uh, from the last week since this is put there. And if that is the case, maybe the uh, Holiday Inn Express uh, in Hop Hog on on the expressway, uh, maybe they would they would uh, make that available to some of the people out there that are that are trying to be helpful in uh, identifying that man. Uh, because obviously that seems like the last person that might have seen Megan Waterman, which is uh, which is fascinating, and it's uh, yeah surprising that we we didn't hear that more about that man um, or or even Hakeem's name during that press conference. But again, I, I I hate to second guess what they're doing because the commissioner Rodney Harrison's doing a, a wonderful job. He's doing something right, seriously doing something and. And uh, and Ray Tierney, the DA, is uh, doing uh, serious work on this, so it's hard to second guess them. So, so this new evidence that's coming out now, and the uh, progress that seems to be being made now, do you think that it's solely due to the change in leadership, the new police commissioner Rodney Harrison, and the new DA Ray Tierney? One hundred percent. When when we started this, when we when I started doing LISC and you know, along with the producers. Uh, of my radio show, the the first series that we did, it was it was less aggressive, um, it was more informational, and and it was uh, it was going on around uh, 2016 into 2017. Uh, it, it was uh, like I said, much less aggressive, and we were giving the incoming district attorney, who we figured would be there, Tim Sinney, the benefit of the doubt, and that he would come in. He did nothing. And as it turns out, it's going to be proven that he did nothing until somewhere around August 10th of 2001. And he spent four years doing absolutely nothing. And then somewhere around that point, he he debated whether to arrest someone. I won't give the name, but there's a uh, there's there's an individual, a uh, former cop uh, that uh, that he thought about arresting. And, and I, I don't think he has anything at all to do with Lisk, uh, and and I think he was talked out of it by uh, by law enforcement, and uh, I think he was doing that, ho- hoping to save his his election. Um, instead, uh, Tierney came in a, a big wave, and and plus, uh, you know, our concentration from the um, from the uh, the show, uh, we we beat up Cine on this, and we called him out, and we called out Ballone and Burke and so forth. And we made Burke was the police chief who went to prison on an unrelated, uh, unrelated issue who we've talked about before. If people don't yes, know. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, Jim, Jimmy Burke, uh, by the way, a book coming out by Gus uh, Garcia Roberts called Jimmy the King. And he talks about the corruption of this this police chief. And it, when when it got time to uh, election or pass the election, um, uh, Rodney Harrison came in and he was appointed and the first syllables out of Rodney Harrison's mouth, uh, Commissioner Harrison's mouth was LISC. Uh, he said, the first thing I'm going to do, the top priority I'm going to concentrate on is LISC. Now, that's a, a complete departure from where we were for 11 years or, or whatever it's been since uh, since the remains originally uh, of Shannon Gilbert were, were discovered and the Gilgo Four. And when uh, when when that happened, uh, we, we knew something was going to seriously uh, uh, change and Ray Tierney, of course, coming in, you know, about 10 days later, uh, they dove into it and they are seriously involved uh, in, in, in an investigation. Now, it's the first time uh, in, in the whole time 
um, since these murders were, uh, were discovered, since uh, uh, Jimmy Burke, the police chief, and, and Steve Ballone, the uh, county executive, sent the uh, FBI packing on this. And uh, now, so, I, I know you've been I, I know you've been critical of um, of the Suffolk County Executive Steve Ballone, and after all, he appointed the police commissioner Jim Burke, who, irrespective of the Lisk issue, turned out to be totally corrupt and literally a felon. But he also uh, appointed Rodney Harrison, who seems to have been the one one of the driving forces behind this Gilgo Beach task force. Is Ballone sort of changing his tune a little bit? Is he coming around? Well, yeah. I mean, I I don't think he had much of a choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was uh, originally planning on on putting that he kept that spot open and kept the police chief spot open as well and it, and it looked like he was going to keep a spot for Tim Sinney, uh in case uh, Sinny lost which of course he did um, uh, so uh, listen I, I rather than give Steve Ballone credit for his selection of uh, of uh, of Rodney Harrison which uh, let's give credit where credit is due it's, it seems like it's an excellent choice. I'm going to give Rodney Harrison a, uh, um, a, a tremendous amount of credit for being his own man. Uh, he's a cop's cop from what we hear. I haven't met him, but uh, everything that he's done so far uh, has been terrific. And I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll publicly apologize for questioning uh, uh, how he was going to be. Uh, he came in, he talked about lists uh, immediately, uh, did a press conference, and, uh, and I'll tell you what, um, absolutely great. And and, you know, I'll pause for, for a question there, but I also have another about face that that just uh, came uh, it came to, to my mind recently within the last several days. And I think it's a major break in the case. Hmm. Well, I, by the way, we're talking with Frank McKay. Uh, he's got a long history, which uh, if there's time, we'll, we'll, we'll touch upon uh, politics a little bit. Frank, he's also a, a nationally syndicated radio talk show host and uh, has done this incredible series of shows on the Long Island serial killer. You can check out his website at frankmckayradio.com. That's Frank, M-A-C-K-A-Y, radio.com. Been the inspiration for a lot of the content we've done on this show uh, on this subject. But, Frank, yeah, what do you think the next development in this case will be, and what other about-faces might you have as related to it? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a complete change of, of tune on, uh, on the uh, situation or the um, the subject of John Bitroff. Now, John Bitroff is the carpenter, the Manaville carpenter, who is in jail, and he's been in jail since 2014 uh, for the murder of, uh, of two sex workers, where his DNA was found. Now, these are unrelated to Lisk. Now, I've been saying that uh, that if 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 uh, Bitroff is uh, was Lisk that they would have wrapped him up in uh, in a ribbon and, and uh, you know laid him out as uh, as Lisk and Tom Spoda, who of course was the former DA prior to Sinny and Sinny uh, have uh, have wanting to put this behind them uh, and and basically have have ignored it have ignored the Gilgo Beach killings uh, hoping that it would just go away I don't know I don't understand why Bitroff wasn't presented if they felt that he he was Lisk. And uh, of course, during the uh, the trial, uh, it came out, well, it came out afterwards, and some of the police officers uh, suggested that there could be a connection to that. It was almost like a float, and uh, and they didn't dive in. Uh, now, recently, and, and I think it's, uh, and I'll give credit again to, uh, to Ray Tierney and to uh, Rodney Harrison, uh, Commissioner Rodney Harrison and DA Ray Tierney, 
that uh, because of what they're doing, because of, of this encouraging actions that they've, uh, that they've been uh, engaging in, uh, I'm, I'm going to say that more and more people have been coming forward and mm. I'm getting with people. And since, since all of this has started to happen, I, I've gotten uh, tremendous information about Bitroff and I'm now going, because I've, I've even gone as far to say that I don't even know that, that Bitroff will be in jail, that he might get, um, he, he might get overturned on appeal. I still, I, I, well, I, I, at this point, I hope he doesn't, but I think there is a possibility that John Bitroff will eventually be tied to uh, Valerie Mack, uh, one of the, uh, one of the list victims that's been identified. Um, uh, and also she's, uh, she was once known as Jane Doe number six, um, also uh, found near um, Valerie Mack was, uh, was a toddler. They called her baby doe. Uh, she was found with gold earrings and a gold necklace. And I, I guess about 250 feet away from Valerie Mack, baby doe was, it turned out that baby doe was the child of, of peaches. Uh, someone they just simply know as peaches or Jane Doe number three. And they found her torso, um, you know, further away at, near Jones beach, uh, but no head. Uh, mm. She was decapitated. And the three of these people um, may, and, and again, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll let it develop and I won't, you know, tell tales out of school, but uh, there's a possibility. There's a possibility. I'm not saying he's guilty of this, but there is a possibility that uh, Bitroff may, uh, may soon be linked to those three murders. Ah. And if that happens, if that happens, there is a, uh, there is a, a another, uh, woman that was found near, and boy, I'm going blank on it. But uh, uh, another woman that was found near um, these uh, these three, well, by Baby Joe and Valerie Mack, uh, that would probably, I, mean, I, I believe it's Jessica Taylor, um, that uh, that may be linked to Bitroff too. Uh, also, I I would say that uh, one of the reasons they didn't uh, probably now didn't, uh, tie Bitroff into all of this is because there's more than one killer. I think everyone involved in the investigation, I think, I, and again, I can't speak for the FBI, but I believe everyone from the FBI, the U S attorneys to the sheriff's office, to the DA and the Suffolk County, uh, police. Uh, I think they, they all basically believe at this point that there's more than Interesting. one killer we've been saying all along. How- how soon do you think, uh, Frank, that there'll be a breakthrough in terms of either an additional arrest in this case or somebody being publicly identified as at least one of the likely LISC killers? I, I think something's going on now that I can't get wrap my head around and I can't wrap my, uh, uh, you know, I can't get the information on. But I think something's going on now that doesn't have to do with Bitroff. And I, I, again, I don't know what that is. I don't know what the appeal date is on on Bitroff, but um, uh, whenever that date passes, and and again, uh, they they're pointing or people that are supportive of Bitroff uh, believe that uh, there is a chance that he could be released uh, because of some handling of evidence or something. I, I think when that day comes and goes. Um, and and if it's uh, if his appeal is not successful, uh, maybe soon after that we might hear more about Bitroff and and possibly a connection to these murders. And again, I don't know that for sure. I don't have any inside information, but everything that I'm getting uh, as far as um, as far as circumstantial uh, evidence uh, points to that. 
It's certainly going to be very interesting. Now, let me tap into the political aspects of your brain for a second. Uh, you were the longtime chairman of the New York State Independence Party. That's the capacity that I first got to know you in uh, over 22 years ago. And I know you've spent the better part of your life working towards building an, uh, a vibrant, independent alternative to the uh, the two-party duopoly. And you've also known, at least politically, Andrew Cuomo for some time. There's been some talk that Andrew Cuomo might actually run this year for governor as an independent or a third-party candidate. Uh, do you put, lend any credence to that, knowing the independent movement as well as you do, knowing Andrew Cuomo's political motives as well as you do? What's your take on that? There was a pretty heavy rumor uh, that and and this was this was unbelievable, but I I took it seriously when it uh, when it came out of Albany that Tom Swazi, who you know is is thought to not have a, a great chance against Governor Hochul in the Democratic primary, he's a moderate uh, congressman, former county executive in Nassau County, but there was uh, there was some serious talk, uh, speculation at least, that Swazi was going to complete his petition to run in that primary, drop out drop out and and give the line to Andrew Cuomo. Now, folks who know the two men realize they they, they don't like each other and they uh, and, and a lot of people said that'll never happen. And as it turns out, they were right. Uh, I don't know that there wasn't a uh, wasn't there wasn't an effort by Cuomo to get Swazi's petition because he started running ads. If uh, if you remember, he started spending some of his 17 million dollars uh, on uh uh, you know, on ads talking about what what he's done or how he sees uh, sees New York and the future and so forth. Uh, he he did some serious ads and spent some bucks uh, doing that. So I think he he thought he had a shot at Swazi. Interesting. Yeah. Now I I don't know that for sure. It turned out to be a a non uh, non starter. Uh, but if if he runs as an independent, you would have to believe that he's trying to peel votes away and let the Republicans win so that he can come back in four years and, and run against, you know, maybe Lee Zeldin or, or you know, one of the, Harry Wilson, Andrew Giuliani or, uh, or you know, Astorino, if uh, Astorino has any chance. But do you think, no, knowing Cuomo's political moves as you do, I mean, uh, he's run third party before as a name on the ballot with the Liberal Party in tw- 2002, but he didn't campaign actively. Do you think that's something that he would do? Do you think he'd risk handing the governor's mansion to the Republicans and damaging potentially his own reputation further in Democratic circles in order to come back and 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 try and take back the office in four years. Well, you and I both know that the uh, that the idea of running an independent has more to do with uh, affecting an election and has to do with establishing a a third party mm. in, uh, in the state. And and we got knocked off. The Independence Party lost ballot status in 2020 when they changed the laws and 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 the presidential candidate we had Brock Pierce uh you know failed uh to get the uh, 130,000 votes or whatever the margin is now whatever the threshold is now uh Andrew Cuomo if he runs as an independent uh may may try to uh, establish a minor party line or if he puts somebody up to run as an independent and, and tries to get to that threshold, he may try to affect um, some kind of change by uh, by utilizing that third party line. Uh, I don't I don't know. I don't even know that he's doing the petition. I imagine we're going to find out soon. Uh, it's it's a lot of signatures and it's a oh, lot yeah. of signatures 
because of him and uh, and Jay Jacobs, uh, Jay Jacobs wanting to get rid of the working families and and Jacobs wanting to get rid of the Independence Party. Um, they up the <laughs> they up the number uh, to uh, to you know fifty thousand I think it is or something. So you got to figure this. Uh, you'd have to get you know seventy five thousand to hope to get fifty thousand good ones, and you need I think twenty three um, twenty three congressional districts have to be represented with a certain amount of signatures. It's a difficult task to do. And uh, the irony is right now they would love to get Brian Benjamin off, right? And I don't know the latest on Brian Benjamin. Uh, the Democrats would love to, to clear him. And the way they could have cleared him is through an independent line, nominating him for maybe uh, a senator or, or, or governor and allow uh, a new lieutenant governor to take the place mm. of, of Benjamin. And the irony is that the the Dems who did that now who wiped us out um, try to prevent us. Right now they have to deal with the same forty five thousand signatures they screwed us with. Right, exactly. Very very interesting. Number is it twenty five thousand? No, forty five thousand. Forty five thousand. Right. Wow, it's it's an enormous number, and and it's uh, you know maybe poetic justice that exactly exactly. Hey, lastly, Frank, uh, on this subject. Uh, are you um, are you optimistic at all about the future of the independent political movement? There's been some rumblings in some quarters on the left, on the right, in the center. Uh, you hear, uh, Andrew Yang made a big deal about starting the forward party. They don't seem to be doing much in New York yet. Uh, I've invited him on this show. He hasn't come on to talk about whatever they're doing in New York. Uh, and uh, even nationally, you hear some things from time to time. But it doesn't seem like there's anything uh, that is anywhere close to the Perot movement in the 90s or even the Nader Green Party movement in the early 2000s. Are you optimistic that there will be uh, an independent political movement in the near foreseeable future? Well, what I did is uh, is as of January 1st, I made sure I resigned as chair of the Independence Party. I still had part of a two-year term um, uh, to serve out. And after talking to uh, different folks in, in the Independence Party and then around uh, the folks that didn't re-register in, uh, into other parties, I let them know that I think it's, uh, it, they have a better opportunity to, uh, to go if, uh, if it's fresh blood. So I, I think there's some kind of movement there. I'll let them speak for themselves. But uh, Jay Jacobs is, is completely uh, against me. And, and I think uh, the Independence Party, if they're going to reestablish ballot status, uh, are better off without me quite frankly, because uh, Jacobs or maybe uh, Jimmy Scoofus, uh, who wanted to change the name uh, or, or wanted uh, to eliminate the name independence from being used. At this point, I think, um, uh, it, you know, like the best thing I could have done for uh, for New York in the year 2022 uh, and for any movement to get back on the line is to resign, quite frankly. So I uh, I, I did that and I'm, I'm happy to be out of it. Uh, as far as uh, being optimistic, ask me when the when the petitions are in and if they if they qualify a petition and they have a gubernatorial candidate up top that has the opportunity to get to the threshold, uh, then, you know, then I'll certainly, uh, you know, say I'm more optimistic. But until those numbers are in, mm. it's very hard to speculate. It's, it's a difficult threshold that they set up. Well, Frank, it is always a treat talking with you. Hopefully we can do this again soon. Thank you for the update on this uh, Long Island serial serial killer. And uh, I'm hoping that uh, we get an arrest or at least a uh, public acknowledgement of the suspect or suspects sometime soon. And thanks for the great work that you've been doing on this. Thanks for having me, Frank.
Thank you. Frank McKay, uh, if you want to check out some of the work that he's done on radio, you can go to frankmckayradio.com. That's M-A-C-K-A-Y. 